Hello, and welcome to Coin Talk, the show that tapes whenever it wants. We tape when the storylines that matter come back, and today is a day like that. I'm going to let you hear a little more about that uh, when my co-host, Jay Kang, joins me. This episode of Coin Talk was taped Friday, May 22nd at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The Bitcoin price index was $9,195. Jay, hello. Hey, I was, I was expecting a little more of a pause there, like, uh, you know, because you're sort of like, um, when Jay joins me and then it was two seconds later, I was expecting some sort of inter- interlude and then I would come in. How, how, are, how are you doing? It's been a while. I'm, I'm pretty good. Um, my, my cat, one of my cats has gone missing. Uh, no, which yeah, one? The fat whistle. one or the skinny one? No, the little one, the littler one. Oh. It's real sad, but I believe that she's still alive. Um, and I'm trying to find her. Actually, you would find this, uh, this anecdote amusing. So, uh, my wife posted, um, our missing cat on next door. Oh, yeah. uh, are, you, are you on next door? I my just God. joined. <laughs> you on next door is like probably like a podcast in its own right. You should probably just do a podcast about you, the next door in the town you live in. Okay, so I did some. Uh, I, tell, tell, I'll, I'll tell you about my next door, but but okay. tell me about this cat. So yeah. a woman said, uh, a cat woman, a woman who's involved in the cat community, um, said, "Hey, I can bring you this." humane trap and you can try to trap her and i was like well i don't think she's actually like on the property i think she's like a a ways away but you know couldn't hurt let's try it so she brings it over it's like a pretty heavy duty trap you know uh Mm -hmm. it's like a metal cord. so she gives me a really like elaborate sort of slightly judgy explanation of how to do the trap and why i'd really have an indoor cat etc but right as she's leaving she's like i mean you know just as likely like a raccoon or a possum or something is going in there. And I'm like, ah, and so I'm, I'm fast asleep. I sleep on the couch, like five feet away from the trap. So I could hear the trap. Yeah. If it goes off, trap goes off rattling. I'm like, Oh shit. Okay. Maybe this is my cat. Open it up. One of the largest raccoons I've ever seen, like a, like a Wolverine size <laughs> raccoon in there, just enraged, like smashing up the K against it. Wait, what time at night is this? This is like 1 (laughs) a.m. Just like frothing inside there. So I'm like, oh, crap. Like I had this thing in here. and I'm like, she didn't tell me what to do if you get a raccoon there. The only way to open the door is basically like raise is to reset it, which involves putting your hand in. No, you can't do that. Eventually, I just I waited till it was like like it's like ass was kind of towards my hand. And I just flipped it up and it just bolted out of there. But man, I th- I thought of a raccoon as like the size of a, a large cat. This raccoon was the size of a small bear. Really? So like it could have come at you. Oh yeah. I-, I thought, and I was like, once it gets out, is it going to turn around and yeah. wreak vengeance on me? Is it like I that one in the morning? <laughs> yeah, that's. I w- I don't think I would have let it out until the morning. And then yeah. I would have, uh, and then I would have tried to placate it in some sort of way. But that seems, uh, yeah. I, the raccoons, first of all, I don't. It's like one of those animals. I, I I actually think about ways to fight animals a lot, just because I'm in this dumb group chat that's been discussing it for like three straight years now. You were and discussing rac- this like when we started this podcast. You were like, I yeah, was yeah. going to start a <laughs> podcast about fighting animals, but I guess I'll do this crypto podcast. That <laughs> yeah, was in exactly. like 2015. <laughs> Those are the two. Those are the two <laughs> options for me. It was doing this crypto podcast or doing the fighting animals podcast, where we tried to figure out if we could fight a komodo dragon. But rec- the, the the small, really fast, like kind of dirty animals are the ones that are the scariest because, like, you how are you going to grab onto a raccoon? And once you grab onto it, what can you do, really? You know, like something that's big, like a bear. Like you're probably going to die. You're not going to beat it, but at least you can like have a sense of what you're dealing with and you can grab onto something and have some sense of progress. But with a raccoon, you're just never going to touch it, you know? And the second it gets on your face, you're worried about rabies, right? You're worried about it, like <laughs> going at your eyes. It's terrifying. I can't believe you actually let it out of the cage there. Also, well, it, like it this, shot this out this like a trap. Gun. 
like I've never heard of a cat trap before. It just it seems like she might have given you like a raccoon, <laughs> like a raccoon <laughs> trap or it's a, it's a possum trap point. or something. I've never heard that in my life, it's especially if it's point. such if it's so heavy duty, you know. Maybe, oh yeah, could have held the raccoon in there. The maybe, raccoon like, never could get out. She might have had a problem with this raccoon, and maybe she was trying to get you to deal with it because she didn't want the raccoon to come, <laughs> to come after her. Uh, are you worried that this raccoon's going to come back and you know try and? reap vengeance later i mean not really but i did realize that like it's hard to lure a cat back with food because if you lurk if you lure the cat with food you're also luring raccoons and then the cat doesn't want to come back because there's raccoon uh, raccoons that have a personal vendetta against this house uh lurking your cats are your cats are yeah my we uh your cats are indoor cats until just yeah, now, right? And they're, so they're going out. They yeah, uh, they started going outside basically only since the pandemic. So yeah, you know they're not made for these streets. They they don't have the 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 knowledge of the game. <laughs> our our cat has started going outside in the last week here too in Berkeley, um, and she we have a fenced in yard and she doesn't lurk outside the yard, but she is. It's, we've had her for ten years and this is like the first time she's really been outside. And uh, she freaks out every time she's at, yeah, she freaks out every single time she's outside. She has, she has no idea what to do. She's like, what is this? Like, what is this grass? What is this sun? It's actually, uh, it's interesting to watch, but then she always gets scared and runs back inside. Um, do you want to hear about my, my, yeah, in fact, I'm so ready for your next door story. Like if you want to do a recurring segment, like <laughs> next door thread of the week, anything like that, uh, totally welcome for me. Well, I don't have any stories yet, but I realized this when I signed up that I was probably going to end up being super toxic on this platform just because it seems to be, even when I try not to be, I end up being toxic in ways that I don't even understand. And so I put my real name down, you know, in next door because I thought that that would, prov- you know, remember how like, People used to think that if you use Facebook comments, that because people's names would be linked to them, they would stop dropping racial slurs in the comments, and then it ended up not being true. You know, like all it meant was that people got mad at a specific person, and that person was like, "I'm not racist. I'm just using these slurs." I use my um, real name on Fortnite, and kids make fun of me about it, and I don't. Care. Your 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 Fortnite name is Aaron. <laughs> That's correct. If you want to play Fortnite with me? I play squads every night. A lot of times we have three, not four. I'm Aaron Lammer. <laughs> that is actually the most hardcore uh, deci- gamer decision, I think. Our whole like, squad <laughs> plays under their real names. I'm that's, just going to use my real name. Trademark, I trademark. dare you to dox me. This is my <laughs> real name. <laughs> um, um, well, I, you know, you're the only person I know who uh, who does that. My, my, uh, my gamer tag is 6969, which is so stupid. But it's written out twice. Um, I don't even know why. Oh, well, anyway. And I also, like, tried to make it so that the categories I was interested in next door would be non-toxic. So right now, everything is gardening. And um, it is, I, I will say that the people of my neighborhood in the city of Berkeley seem to only be interested in taking photos of plants and asking what the plant is. So... I'd say a good like 10% of the posts are like, what is this plant? And then there's a photo of the plant. So, so far next door has been fine. Um, there was, you know, there's, there's uh, a little bit of, of the usual sort of racism that goes on, but it's mostly about, uh, you know, somebody who's playing loud music and things like that. But um, I imagine that, uh, you know, I will say that it's less racist than I thought it was going to be. Um. Okay, so we've been uh, reactivated here by yeah. uh, a specific topic. We, we're we not following all of the crypto storylines anymore. We're only picking and choosing what interests us. And I think if there's one thing that unifies both of our interests in cryptocurrencies, it's Satoshi Nakamoto. And also oh, yeah. generally just being, you know what really disgusts me? Uh, when people will say, why does it even matter who Satoshi is? Shut up. Do people actually say that? Oh yeah, that's like a that's like a um, 
guy who's like really into crypto like posture is like yeah. why does it even matter like that's you're not asking the right questions here and i'm like no the only interesting question in crypto right now is who is the richest one of the richest people on earth who pulled off the greatest act of anonymity probably the last 100 years so like right now it's he has 70 billion dollars basically right if we are to believe he has 700,000 bitcoins yeah, it's something like I think he has somewhere between seven hundred thousand and a, a million, depending on who you ask. Uh, a lot of money, and we've yeah, always seventy we've always, billion. We've always speculated on the show that you know billion. if he had a stash of a thousand Bitcoin sitting somewhere, he'd probably just spend that and not dip into the like richest man on earth stash. Um, yeah. But I do feel like I always felt like when we were doing the show that this was like a, a like a, a what is it Chekhov's gun? Am I messing mm. that up? It's like something. It's like this has to come back, right? We're not gonna like never hear from Satoshi again. There has to be more to this mystery. There has to be yeah. like greater like knowledge that we're gonna get about who Satoshi was. Yeah, I I think that we. I don't know when it was going to be, you know, and it seems like the journalists who were following this a lot have stopped for obvious reasons because, you know, the interest in Bitcoin has waned. But I always thought that it wouldn't be from a journalistic breakthrough or something like that. I always just thought that maybe Satoshi would come forward or he would make a mistake and, uh, you know, a bunch of Internet sleuths would figure out some sort of probable explanation for it. But, like, is that what happened here? You know, like, not to tip forward too much, but, you know, like, we are here to do talk about Satoshi. Like, well, did, was there a slip up? Well, okay, so here's what I'll say. I, I don't, I think the probability is no. But I'm not sure that journalists gave up this story because people aren't interested in Bitcoin. I actually think the interest in Bitcoin is uh, returning right now. I think this story has just destroyed many journalists. Like if you're looking at this story, you can't possibly think you're just going to let it go out for a few weeks and solve the mystery. Everyone yeah. who's tried has been uh, somewhat to extremely wrong. And all of the clues that exist have been parsed pretty heavily until now. So what happened, uh, I think it was, I guess, yesterday or maybe the day. Yeah. Before. Why, don't, why don't you tell me what happened? Yeah. Okay. So a bunch of coins, uh, not a bunch, I mean, in you know early Bitcoin terms, not that many coins, but uh, about 40 Bitcoins, I believe, moved. And the reason that these coins, the only reason that people even noticed that these coins had moved is people are watching all of the coins that were mined very, very, very early in Bitcoin and have never moved. Because even if those are not Satoshi's coins, Anyone who was involved in Bitcoin in month one is a person of interest, in my opinion. And there's so those people are Satoshi himself, Hal perhaps Finney. perhaps Nick Sabo, definitely Hal Finney. Hal Finney, for I'm sure everyone listening to this knows who Hal Finney is, but you know is is no longer with us, right? Um, Correct. And was for a while a lead contender for who Satoshi was, but it seems like. The finances of his children, which are not that secure, might preclude that explanation because if you could give your kids seven billion dollars, like why wouldn't you, right? Um, I think additionally, I've it the Hal Finney corresponding with himself, the like grand like setup of yeah. sending emails to yourself. Not only does it not really seem like in either Satoshi or Hal Finney's character to do that, it really presumes that someone is gonna like look back on this and use this evidence and then you're going to trick them. And I just don't think Satoshi was that confident that Bitcoin was going to take off and the detectives down the line would be looking. That's kind of yes. not what the conduct on like the forums really suggests. Did, did you see that Netflix documentary series about the cat, the guy who like tortured cats and then killed somebody? I have not actually watched it. No. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of that in there where the guy like went back and retroactively like months before he did any of this was setting up police reports and stuff like that about like a accomplice. 
Um, and then he used that as the explanation. But I agree with you that like two nerds just talking about, um, you know, digital money are not going to be like one day I'm going to not use any of this and it's going to be worth $7 billion and I need to cover my tracks. It doesn't make any sense. Okay. So I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but yeah. So all that happened was those coins moved and there's a lot of reasonable explanations. So moved to where? Uh, they moved from the wallet that they were mined in to another wallet. I mean, Great. nothing. I, as far as I know, where they arrived is not documented. It's not a known wallet. Okay. It could could be a new wallet for all we know. Um, but it's notable because that person left those coins there for more than ten years and chose right now uh, to move them. Which brings up lots of interesting game theoretical uh, frameworks. Uh, did this person uh, want people to think that Satoshi was moving their coins? Um, it, it could mean a lot of things. And it, it sort of brings up, uh, I wanted to revisit some of our uh, Satoshi uh, theories from the show and see how well <laughs> they would match with this one. So we had speculated and I, and I still hold to this one that the most likely explanation for Satoshi never moving any of the Satoshi coins is that Satoshi is comfortably wealthy and or has a significant secondary stash of coins that makes this, these coins redundant. Yeah, I agree with that and that. Um, but wouldn't those coins be on the blockchain? Like, wouldn't they? Wouldn't they be evident? Like, wouldn't people see another giant stash of coins that hasn't moved? Well, not necessarily, because we don't necessarily have to believe that those coins never moved, right? So these coins yeah. were, were are from February two thousand and nine. Satoshi was involved in Bitcoin for, I believe, over a year at least um, before he disappeared. So it's possible mm. that in November. Um, 2009 or January 2010, Satoshi, who's moving anonymously, uh, did some sort of a Bitcoin transaction or a mining, you know, was mining secretly somewhere else, somehow established a like wallet that has completely different provenance that has money in it. And you, yeah. unlike the Hal Finney thing, I'm like, okay, well, that makes sense. If this is your project, it does make sense that you probably would like, um, sort of have like uh it's sort of like uh your life savings versus your like stack at a casino right the <laughs> the the pre-mine and he has already he also said that the pre-mine was a a, a gift to yep. coin itself to destroy those coins was to help the the community so he kind of already suggested that they were this static pool that would never move that would lead me to believe that probably he was maintaining other wallets and move them the interesting thing here is how do we know everyone who's saying, Oh, this is not Satoshi. How do we know this is not one of Satoshi's other wallets? Mm. Yeah, that's true. And also like, I, I mean, I, I don't know, just to try and game this out here, there must only be a limited number of people who were around and knew of Bitcoin at the time when these coins were mined, right? Very limited number of people. So we're talking about like 15 people, right? And none of them has, maybe not, maybe a little more than 15, but none of them have come forward yet. Uh, am I correct? I, I feel like maybe someone said it's not me, but that just rules out one person. And I would actually argue that it's almost an unknowable number of people. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. You don't have to identify yourself mining. So if there's two people mining, that could be two computers in one person's house or it could be two distinct people. Someone, I, I believe, could potentially have uh, downloaded the source, um, the, the source code and started mining anonymously and never identified themselves. And it was about eight hundred thousand dollars worth of coins, I think, right? Like it's like, uh, 80, for like more like four hundred thousand dollars. Four hundred thousand Bitcoin. Okay. So it's yeah, like, I mean it's money. That's a lot of money. Yeah. I mean that's a down payment on a very nice house, right? Like it's uh But it's not it, so much money that you would like risk revealing that you were Satoshi to get it, right? It's kinda like more like the amount of money like, oh, I got like furloughed for the pandemic. And I yeah, well, that's what I was thinking. Kind of yeah, 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 yeah. Or like, you know, um, my retirement fund is gone. Like uh, my 401k is 
poster. I have, I have two adult children who both got laid off. Yeah, and exactly. I and I need to give them, them both two hundred thousand dollars in Bitcoin. Like something like that makes a lot of sense. Uh, has anyone brought up the prospect that maybe it is like Hal Finney's kids finally cashing uh, in on some of theirs? I my impression was that Hal Finney had always said that he did not have a large stash of Bitcoin. And in fact, I think did not mine particularly aggressive, either did not mine aggressively or uh, dispensed with most of the coins he had mined in some way um, Hmm. and said he was cool with it. Like, I think he was asked before he died and he was like, no, like I'm not like rich. Like I don't have some secret Bitcoin stash. Then again, as with all of these guys, anyone who is even part of these forums, that is what you would say if you had a bunch of Bitcoin. Yeah, that's what I would say if I had a lot of Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't have that anymore. I, 100%. Yeah, I would not. I mean, apparently, obviously, this is all before um, the um, this is all before like the kidnappings and stuff were happening. But, you know, you never want to say you have a ton of money when you don't have to, you know, especially if it's sketchy money like Bitcoin. Um, yeah, I, I, I was interested in this only in the sense that I felt like it might kick up a lot of the, you know, like we might get somewhere with it, but, um, and I don't know what else could have possibly happened to outside of Satoshi just coming out and saying he was Satoshi that could have gotten people that would have been more evidence that maybe something is happening here. You know, like what are the most compelling theories right now? Is there any is there any leader in the club? I feel like we're like the only ones who still care who Satoshi is. So it's really, it's really up to us. So I want to re- okay. I want to revisit some of our <laughs> our theories. So one of All our right. theories is that um, Satoshi is like a suburban dad whose family is embarrassed by him. And in this theory, Satoshi like works at like a college, uh, something like that, and potentially got laid off or furloughed right now which explain like why he didn't have to dip into the money uh until right now <laughs> right he's been like drawing a salary you know uh, yeah now with some uh, reflection it seems like now that you and i neither of us really spend a lot of our time in new york city and both of us are dads i wonder if we we're projecting <laughs> a little bit here <laughs> <laughs> yeah so don't just a guy in the suburbs lives in a house has a yard and a kid and you know uh Maybe he has seven seven billion dollars. <laughs> well, Sato- um, Satoshi's a hard person to find because, well, we don't know that Satoshi has a family, but it's even potential that Satoshi has a family who doesn't know that he's Satoshi. Uh, right? Yeah, yeah. The yeah. real opsec is to not let your family know who you are. Right? Like, yeah, that's not that's not so hard. I don't think. No, I was going to like, um, it was funny when my, uh, my grandfather was like involved in like, um, classified cold war stuff yeah. and rode with like the same carpool of guys for like four years. And, uh, at his memorial, like they had gotten all the guys in the, in the, it was, they all, they're all dead and their wives are still alive. And someone yeah. like asked, like, you know, like, was it weird? Like having to keep these secrets from my wife? They're all like, not really. No, never really came up. Just never talk to my wife about what I did at work. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't, you know, people are able to like have entire other families, you know, like they're many more bigamous than seems possible. So I don't know if saying like, you know, I was Satoshi Nakamoto for a year on this online chat forum where we talked about the future of digital money is one that you really need to come out and tell your wife about. Well, Uh, well, like furthermore, it's like, um, like, if you've ever tried to talk with your spouse about Bitcoin and they're not interested in it, like uh, they're just not going to be interested in it. It's possible that like Satoshi, like tried to talk to his family about this. They were just like, dad, this is way too boring. Whatever you do (laughs) online, keep it to yourself. Yeah. It's like when uh, my wife's like, what are you laughing at on your phone? And if I'm reading my fantasy baseball message board, I, you know, I'm like, don't worry about it. And then she says, you know, tell me that I'd start. And she's like, no, it's okay. <laughs> like, <there's, laughs> or like in, in nice moments, she tries to understand. I'm like, it's okay. You don't have to, you know, like there, this is, this does not have to be something we share, which is another joke about, uh, you know, um, 
Yeah, about like on base percentage or whatever. Um, yeah, okay. So I like that theory as well, but I don't think that all he did was sort of winnow it down to a category, right? Like we were saying that he wasn't somebody who was rich. He wasn't somebody who we all know through the Bitcoin community. He's not like Nick Sabo where he's turned into like a raging um, right-wing lunatic, right? Like he's just some dude. And um, that's that's why he's been able to stay stay sort of quiet and stay hidden because he doesn't have this narcissistic need to be the center of attention. He's like a guy who is like a guy who could drop the mic in some of the most heated arguments on the internet and has for 10 years refused to do that. It's the opposite of Nick Sabo. Yeah. Nick Sabo gets like pulled into like all kinds of like mega discussions that that's not really Satoshi. And I wonder, like, let's say that let's call this theory the super, suburban Satoshi theory. The most amazing yeah. narrative beats are this guy is like living in a ranch house somewhere. And this could be in the UK, the US, Australia. I think any of those, like, you can still kind of put together the same person. What would you do, like, in your family? It's like, oh, I don't know. Can we afford a new car? Maybe we should just keep our old car. And you're like, ah, shit. I have $70 billion, but I can't tell anyone. It is seven billion. I I did the math. Okay, seven I think billion. it's seven billion. Yeah, but um, I yeah no. I mean, look, I recently had to you know purchase a home, and you fall in these traps where the next price tier up always looks like the house that you want. You know, in regard, I, like I remember when I in L.A. when I bought a house, it was like the budget we were at, I was happy with. And I was like, Oh, I've done well to be at this budget. And then you look at any house that's a little bit more expensive and you're like, Holy shit, you know, it's the best house I've ever seen in my life. Um, I, I don't know how, if you're Satoshi Nakamoto, you're suburban dad and you're, let's say like buying, trying to buy a house in like Dearborn, Michigan, how you don't just kind of like be like, well, I've got this little bit of $7 million that I can crack into. Uh, but I feel like that supports the like second wallet theory. Which is that, like, I feel like most people don't need $7 billion. Most people no. want to, like, top off their wealth by, you know, a few million. Most people want to, like, live nicer than they're currently living. And a person yeah. with discipline is the kind of person who can do that and then stop and not always see, like, you know, a little bit above. You know, I'm a little bit more famous. I can take the victory lap here. Because this was the one of the smartest things he ever, like... Of all the things Satoshi did that were prescient and smart, not revealing his or her identity is the like crown jewel. And it's the it's the hardest to truly say, Oh, I would do that if I was in that situation. A lot of people yeah, say, Oh, I had the idea for Bitcoin. Great. If you were Nick Sabo and made Bitcoin or running your mouth off, it wouldn't have worked. Yeah, and that's why I think Nick Sabo definitely is not Satoshi because um he runs his mouth off about everything, you know. And at some point in one of his arguments that he has online about, you know, like whether or not immigrants are people or whatever, he can, you know, like he, he would have just been like, but I'm Satoshi Nakamoto. Um, but he hasn't, you know, so I think that that rules him out. I would have given it up within like two months, you know. Oh, yeah, Jay, you're like, uh, uh, you, you, like the very first argument, you would have been like, all right, fuck it. I'm just saying it. Yeah, I'm the yeah. messiah. <laughs> yeah, I am Satoshi Nakamoto. And guess what? I just bought your publication. <laughs> I'm now owned by you. Yeah, you're now owned by me and I just fired you, dickhead. <laughs> you, would, you, you would have like um like impulse purchased Condé Nast and shut it down already if you yeah, had $7 exactly. billion. Dollars. Exactly. I would have been like, listen, uh, you know, like uh, assistant editor at the New Yorker I'm arguing with, you're fired. I just bought all of Condé Nast for $40 million dollars or like four thousand bitcoin get the fuck out of my face yeah no question that would have happened at this point um okay, let's revisit a second one of our theories right. um which is that the real satoshi is the character we know as excerpt toshi yeah so this is my favorite one sometime i'm gonna say it was around maybe two years ago 18 months ago yeah um the satoshi nakamoto foundation which family foundation family foundation which I would say in terms of journalists investigating, I'm still curious what that is. Like, where did that website yeah. come from? Who who made it? Who's behind it? 
so like there's a story in bloomberg right it was like bloomberg yeah. crypto about this and that's how it got on everyone's radar and then there was no follow-up it was kind of like the alien alloy stories in the times where you're just like wait ufos exist and they're like <laughs> now onto the campaign trail <laughs> it kind of reminded um, me of this where it was like a one-day news hit where people are like did satoshi just reveal himself yeah. no follow-ups on this um yeah I guess no one wanted to follow up because they were embarrassed because um, the person presented no evidence. Um, no, n- not even really any like smoke and mirrors. Basically, someone just came out and said, I'm Satoshi. Um, I'm going to be issuing a memoir through the Satoshi Nakamoto Family Foundation. And like, I think like uh, Bloomberg and a couple people were just like, wow, P- Satoshi just came out. And that was the entire end of that story. Yeah. Although we got like four weeks of content out of it. Well, the actual <laughs> excerpt was kind of incredible. Uh, yeah. I believe here are some things that uh, the Satoshi from uh, excerpt Toshi uh, says is that they were from the Caribbean, that yep. they had attended a very specific cryptography uh conference that was also i believe in the caribbean maybe in saint john's or something we we did look this up and the conference did exist the conference existed and i believe the conference has actually been invoked previously as like the greatest percentage chance gathering that like one of these people is satoshi like yeah satoshi is like an academic with this background almost certainly satoshi would have considered going to this conference there was a lot of resentment in the excerpt about that conference and it was basically saying like all you people with your fancy degrees were talking down to me the whole time and little did you know that you know i'm the only reason that you were there right like and that that part was appealing to me i mean it jives generally with my personality which is a you know um resentment and 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 anger at the at the at the academic class so that was that 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 to me seemed actually somewhat real yeah, right? he like also was, said that his mother was in publishing i have to say uh jay you have a background in fiction writing as a piece of like uh as a as a, a, a tale i had some good convincing weird details in it that i wouldn't yeah, his expect mother was in publishing and like went on to like own a bookstore or something like that. I think it was. And that, um, she, that they had come from England, right. And settled into back to the Caribbean or something. I like think that, that was, was our speculation. Oh, we were, <laughs> I think we were <laughs> like, Oh, on one level, this seems like a person from the Caribbean. Um, but it could be like a, uh, white guy from the Caribbean. Yeah. 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 Um, Anyway, I haven't uh, the the memoir has still not been released. So one of our one of the theories that you and I were talking about yesterday is is this like the beginning of a um, a bunch of like publicity stunt ramp ups to the release of the excerpt Toshi memoir, <laughs> in which like different like wallets start moving coins and see like sending um, you know uh, subliminal messages to the world, or so maybe maybe he's a- like like funding a publicity campaign for the book. It's supposed to be a yeah, $400,000 publicity <laughs> campaign. He's going to buy Facebook and Instagram ads all over the place. Like <laughs> I think his, uh, he was supposed to be out like a year and a half ago, right? Like January of 2019, I think it was. And yeah, unfortunately I think they even had like an Amazon page or like a pre-order page on they the did. Nakamoto family foundation where you could, where you could go ahead and buy it. And um, I will say that of all, we did look into this quite extensively and I will say that, uh, you know, much to our, I don't know if this is to our credit or not, but it hasn't been thoroughly debunked, right? Like nobody has looked into the, whoever set up the Nakamoto family foundation or any of that sort of stuff and shown that it was some weird, you know, MFA student who was doing this as like a thesis project or anything like that. They just showed that, nobody really knew and that it probably wasn't Satoshi. It was too good for an MFA project. An MFA project <laughs> would try to like dunk the football with like a bunch of like, like, um, you know, pros tricks. It was just, what, what, it was just weird enough to be believable. 
<laughs> what does dunk the football mean? I've never heard this. Uh, oh, I've dunk the, I don't know. It's like uh, trying too hard. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, I agree with that 100%. They almost certainly would have, uh, they they 100% would have would have tried to make it, you know, much more literary than it was. And they would have put in all this detail to make it seem like the person was actually Satoshi, that they would have culled from the internet. Yes. And then everybody would have been like, yeah, the real Satoshi wouldn't have put in like 15 details that they think are convincing that are in fact proof that it's not Satoshi. This just kind of was like, hey guys, I'm Satoshi and let me tell you what I've been doing. I've been hanging out. <laughs> you know, Read um, my book. If you want to yeah, know what read- I've been up to, it's all in the book. And here are my list of grievances, which, you know, I will say that after watching this Jordan documentary, maybe that is what it, you know, like it sort of, I don't know. Now that I think about it, like, isn't that what Satoshi would want to write a memoir about? Just it like is. settling, settling grievances because there's no real reason to come out, right? There's no right. reason to come out and take the adulation, but then also like basically you've destroyed your project by coming out. Also like whatever value you had is, you know, going to be cut quite a bit once you come out anyway and then once you start selling out the coins it's like for diminishing returns you can probably still get a lot of money out of it but it's not gonna be seven billion dollars i mean even if you get a hundred million dollars i guess it's like totally worth it but um you know like he the one reason why you would come out right and the one reason the thing that you can't not get off your chest the thing that or the thing that you have to get off your chest the thing that will eat you alive is all the is all the petty grievances that you have with other people in the community. And like, that is totally understandable as a reason to come out. And I don't know. I thought that that tone within the Nakamoto family foundation excerpt was very convincing. And I still think it's convincing now that I think about it, it's even more convincing. Although I will say, I think we should say that of all the people in Bitcoin, the only two people who ever get took this seriously is me and you. I would say if Excerptoshi tur- turns out to be Satoshi, he, he or she has to come on this podcast because we were the only people riding for Excerptoshi and we still are. Yeah, uh, we were made I, fun of constantly by riding for uh, only by Niraj, but still it was like endless. He's like, I can't believe you guys did another episode about <laughs> Excerptoshi. I have one, I do kind of buy your grudge theory because I do think excessive grudge keeping is like a mark of genius. Did you um oh, did you sure. see the um Bob Dylan songwriters Hall of Fame acceptance speech? No. No, was it just oh. was he was it him like bashing It's like, basically uh, the Jor- it's basically the Jordan speech but for like early 90s like Merle Haggard, I was walking by your dressing room once and you were talking shit about me. Just so you know, I never respected you. Movie is like, whoa! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I will say, um, having been around some some people just at the places I've worked to are quite powerful, you know, uh, especially one guy who runs a magazine. Um, Their memory of things that happen earlier in their career isn't is amazing and for this guy it wasn't like a grudge type of thing but you know it's like oh you remember that guy who you know like eddie murphy apparently is also like described as this where somebody like was talking to eddie murphy at some point and he remembered all the people who he was doing like you know open not mic nights with when he was an early comedian it's like eddie murphy remembers all of that <laughs> and i i think it is just like you hold on to grudges that long i i'd imagine that satoshi also probably it's like that type of person i don't know like you know like what do you really have to think about when you're when you're that guy except the people who try to like you know tell you you couldn't do what you wanted to do i mean the question is could satoshi um live out all of his grudges without revealing his identity. Like could Satoshi be like, here's the private keys. Like here's, here's my proof that I'm Satoshi. I'm not telling you anyone who I am, but like Nick Sabo needs to shut up. Big blocks suck. And Craig Wright is an asshole. Bye. Like that's the great temptation. About as vague as you could be, but you know, you couldn't be like, Hey, Nick Sabo, remember the time when we were in, in a hotel lobby and fucking that conference you puked (laughs) on my shoes yeah or you told me that like the founder of bitcoin would have to be x y and z and i was sitting right in front of you i fucking hated you you asshole (laughs) like that would give it away i think um do you think anyone on earth knows who satoshi is how fit how fanny being dead 
know, but I think Hal Finney did know. And I, I think, think so too. He's the only one that knew. And I think that's the amazing part of it is that, um, and I don't, I think Satoshi is probably still alive. Uh, I do too. But I don't think that, I think he's probably the only person who knows it. And I don't know. I still think that at some point he will tell us or she will tell us either one, but we will know, you know, but, uh, okay. Last, last theory, last theory, Dorian Nakamoto. (laughs) What is Dorian Nakamoto? What is Dorian Nakamoto cashing out a $400,000 side wallet for right now? Uh, I don't know. He's probably bored and maybe he, saw some toy trains that he really wanted you know and that uh they're extremely expensive and he's been sitting in his basement for three months like the rest of us and it's like you know what it's finally time <laughs> it's time for me to get that wallet that 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 i think that i think that newsweek still hasn't officially retracted that story right don't remember if they if they did or did not retract that story i always i always feel like dorian nakamoto the the main thing that makes me always think twice about whether it could be him is like his grudge against PayPal. Of of yeah, all yeah. of Satoshi's stuff, the like heavy PayPal stuff somehow seems like Dorian Nakamoto. I was just thinking about how like the ultimate grudge settling move would be to uh sell the Satoshi wallet and then take the like biggest stake in PayPal possible. Just basically <laughs> take over PayPal with all your Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, like, the, I mean, the other thing was, you know, and this is where I think we have to be fair to the journalist who did the Dorian story, is that, look, the guy's name is Satoshi Nakamoto, and he lives, like, what, 20 minutes from Hal Finney, you know? Yeah. Like, in the same town. Like, it just seemed, it's like an insane coincidence. And, you know, like, you have a guy who probably... I mean, I don't know if he had the background to do this, but he also was angry. You know, like he was mad about about digital payments. <laughs> like, so why couldn't it be him? You know, um, dude. But when you look at the correspondence between Satoshi and Hal Finney, does that seem like two guys who are like hanging out IRL? Not no, really. no, no, no. In no. fact, and if you're hanging out IRL, you would like use better opsec and not do things in forums, probably. Yeah, and you would just you know, call the guy or something like that. You know, it's not, it doesn't seem like it's two people who would know each other. I'm just saying that that at the time must have seemed compelling to the reporter and, um, you know, and Satoshi Nakamoto, there not being that many Satoshi Nakamoto's in the United States and the weirdness of the pseudonym, right? Like all of that, I think, you know, it's like, I'm sure that when you're playing Fortnite, Aaron, when, you know, when you're playing as Aaron Lammer, almost nobody actually thinks that your name is Aaron Lammer. And that way it's like this amazing, you know, <laughs> like anti-doxing tool where they'll look up every single name except Aaron Lammer if you do something to them. So but, uh, I have always read that, like the idea that Satoshi Nakamoto was like the like, um, you know, uh, Joe Smith of Japan is actually totally inaccurate. And it's a pretty unusual name. Yeah, 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 that's true. At some point I wrote like a thing on Medium where I was like, Satoshi Nakamoto is a common name in Japan, and that was wrong. I published an untrue, I should put a, I should <laughs> maybe, put a correction. Maybe you need, I, maybe you need to issue the retraction. I know, I was like, I was just thinking, I was like, can I go log back into my old Medium account and, and it's be like updated uh, a correction. Satoshi Nakamoto is really not that common of a name. And it's not a name that showed up anywhere, you know? It's not an old actor or anything like that or an old author. Like, it's not like he put, like, Mishima or something like that. So, um, Before yeah. we get out of here, uh, I got I to I gotta bring up one, one, one other news item uh, yeah. that, that caught my eye. Our old friend, Justin Sun of Tron. Oh, yeah. Truly a master of the publicity stunt. Although, I have to say, I'm not sure this one is a publicity stunt. So, Justin's son contentiously took over steam uh, yep. uh, like uh, medium clone the decentralized medium clone and mm-hmm. people were like really up in arms and forked uh steam um mm-hmm. basically he had like taken over steam against their will by using 
I, I believe Steam uses proof of stake. And so he basically conspired with a bunch of exchanges because within proof of stake, it's how many coins you control. And if most of those Steam coins are on exchanges, just collaborating with exchanges gives you control. So these angry steamers uh, forked Steam. I think the fork is called Hive. And Justin Sun called the cops on them. Like the actual cops? Yeah, he called the police and said he's pursuing like theft charges for people who like <laughs> stole tokens. During a pandemic, that must be amazing. I would love to hear the the nine one one call that he put in. Oh, he also and tried um, to explain it. Tron also got two million dollars in um, in PPP. PPP. Yeah, yeah, he's on. Yeah. He's on like a pandemic publicity uh, hot streak here. He's calling the cops because of forks. He's taking huge amounts of aid funds for a company that doesn't really do anything other than make publicity stunts. Yeah, and how many employees does it have? I mean, I, thought, I was wondering. I guess. I mean, I guess like maybe all those people who used to work at BitTorrent technically yeah. work for Justin Sun now. Um, and there's also no reason why he has to lay out why his business has been affected by the pandemic, right? Like, what could it pass? I mean, I guess he probably has to employ a lot of like publicists to get like stuff like calling 911 on people forking your chain uh, <laughs> out there, you know? Uh, yeah. But it's kind of incredible. And it's, it, it just kind of reminds me of like the, absolute like silliness of thinking that most crypto projects are like actually libertarian uh when most of them are just run by scammers who would like do anything would call the cops to try to get their coins back yeah not everyone is top dog right like uh not everyone the top dog being the libertarian hot dog store in berkeley that rather than take ppp or government money shut down two of its locations in a stunning act of uh of of principle you know all the, all these crypto people it turns out are just greedy and and annoying people <laughs> like most libertarians i mean it just like you know a real libertarian is satoshi nakamoto or, or uh it's real when you like code it the like the code controls everything and it's not um subject to a bunch of human squabbling and once you start getting into like uh, takeovers of the steam chain and manipulating proof of stake uh, control and calling the cops. It's not really that thing anymore. Like I, I do kind of come full circle to the idea of people who are like, basically like Bitcoin is its own thing. And all this other stuff is like silly smoke and mirrors and like, shouldn't, <laughs> but really you were be there like a year and a half ago, right? Like, we're, yeah, we're, I, Jay, I always return to maximalism. If I actually yeah. think any of this stuff through, I'm like, why am I making fun of crypto people for being like fake libertarians? Satoshi's a real libertarian. It's uh, <laughs> it's the followers, you know. It's <laughs> are you criticizing Christianity based on Jesus or based on an evangelical mis- minister in Texas? You know, and we will feel that way until Ubik spikes again, and then everybody starts piling in on it. I was gonna say uh, counterpoint. I think. This is Alt Spring is on our doorstep right now. See, there's no way. I don't even know what Alt Spring means. Like, are there new alts still being produced? Like, are there are there uh, like are people excited uh, about them? That's a good question. I don't not not really, but I I think that the all of so much gas got taken out of the market that uh, mm. it could it could come roaring. In my opinion, it could come roaring back. Like, if Bitcoin chills here right around nine thousand on the lip of ten thousand. Like a lot of these altcoins could like go two x without still being like historically not that high, you know. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm no, even talking about things like like you know Litecoin's trading under fifty dollars. Like you just need to sl- sneeze and Litecoin could go to a hundred dollars. That is Z- true. Zcash trading for forty uh, uh, something dollars, you know. Yeah, these are prestige so- alts, Jay. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I mean, I don't know what era we're talking, but at some point they were prestige alts, and I'm sure that there's like one or two people still keeping the lights on there. So, if there was interest, that maybe they could kick it back into gear. Uh, you want to plug anything before we get out of here? No, I'm like, uh, have you I, ever plugged anything in your life? I'm not sure you've ever like plugged. No, I don't. Uh, I, I mean, I don't. I'm, you know, as 
The irony is that I end up being like a man of institutions and, you know, like, what, what do you do? Probably like read my New York Times article. It seems so long. Well, I wasn't, you know? I wasn't uh, suggesting that you read the entire article aloud. You could just say, <laughs> I have it. <laughs> Jay, would you want to read a 8,000 word feature here at the end about affirmative action? Have you noticed how there's a, there's a, one of my friends who's a journalist who can be unnamed has started tweeting out his entire articles, um, which I actually think is kind of a good idea. Um, he's, he's realized that, uh, you know, people don't click through and read the articles. So now he's just like, I'm going to force you to read my article on Twitter. Uh, some of them are very long and I was just like, how does, how long does this take you to type it all out? Uh, but yeah, um, no, I, I, I have nothing to plug. How about you? I also have nothing to plug. Well, I, I have to plug. If you if you live near me, keep an eye out for my cat. Yeah, any, well, good luck any, with that. Sincerely, yeah, like that sucks, man. My email is also Aaron Lammer, except at <laughs> gmail dot com. If you've lost a cat and got it back and have some tips, let me know because I'd really like to get my cat back. I have a friend in the cat skills. You know, this is not to like you know give you false hope or some anything like that. But two months, the cat was gone, and then it. You know, in an area with a lot of predators, and then the cat came back. And I, still, still I did some alive. Reddit research, and uh, Reddit, uh, unlike most things, uh, redditing about your lost cat will make you optimistic. Like a lot of them do come back, and they had yeah. some great tips about uh, getting them back. You, uh, you take the, uh, you take their litter, and you like scatter it around the perimeter of your property. Oh, so then it, it'll smell it if it's if it comes by anywhere, it's gonna smell smell it smell, smell itself. Uh, okay, I'm gonna remember that because I my cat is getting more and more adventurous and she is extremely dumb and I can imagine a scenario where she accidentally gets out and can't figure out how to get back in. If you're not you 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 use the collar now. I hadn't been using the collar. I feel like my biggest regret. I would have still let her outside, but I, I would have made her wear a collar if I had thought. Yeah, the thing it. is, she just like does not like it you know and then it feels i feel bad you just if you tell anyone you lost your cat and they're like oh she have a car and you say no they just give you like a like oh you got an std and didn't use a condom well that makes sense <laughs> kind of luck. Yeah. good luck you went outside and you got coronavirus oh, yeah. oh yeah you you went to an edm festival in march and you got COVID. oh interesting <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> oh my god um all right on that note um yeah let's do this again when news hits uh or if we get hotter on the trail here all right right on talk to you later Jay. and that was coin talk edited by me that's right editing myself this time so shouts to our long time editor james uh, i don't think our email works anymore so just find us on twitter at coin talk show.